The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to join us as we talk about the Sport of Kings, a.k.a. horse racing. Watching it as we speak, I'm watching Remington Ford go right in the gate been watching Turfway, and I know everybody's got an opinion, but here's one for you. I was actually talking to probably one of the best speed handicappers known to man. Lives in the Kentucky area, and I was chatting with him, and he plays speed. He can make speed win going three mile and an eighth. He can make it roll. And I keep telling him, Turfway Park, you're going to want to lay off of the pace in about the second flight in the middle of the track, is doing well. Yes, the one in the two spot will win. They will win inevitably. Go back and take a look. Just go back and take a peruse through Equibase. See how they're doing, but I'm watching. I love to watch the Winter Ovals. I love to watch Aqueduct on the inner track, and I like to watch Turfway Park because they offer out some great value, and Turfway Park's lighting them up tonight. Anyway, there's my two cents worth. It's free, and you know what you get? Whenever you pay free, you get every penny's worth of hearing it. Winning Pony's been doing very well as of late, and that's as of late all year long in 2010. And hope you have been aboard also, because it doesn't do us any good unless you're winning. And we hope that you are. We're over $10.8 million in exotic predictions. Those are our data stats, predictions as they are well known, and they're really getting better for the future. Things are coming, new features coming. It was actually put out in a blast email in 2011, real-time data feed. They have hooked up with one of the innovators in the data world. How that all translates is real-time results and biggins for you. So you don't have to actually wait to see how they're doing. You don't have to wait an hour, two, three, whatever. Boom, happens right away, real-time. That means happens now, you see it now. Real-time track condition changes. This time of the year, especially when you're watching the big A, when it goes from a good to a fast track, you want to know real-time right in your hands. Real-time changes. Sometimes you're going to miss a scratch, a late jockey change. Real-time changes this up. Real-time scratches the same way. Actual post-time data. If you're seeing it at the track, you're watching TVG, HRTV, Whatever platform you are on the screen, it's actually out there. Up to the minute cancellation data, if a track cancels, if a race cancels, if they take it off the turf, if they're still running on the turf, Mother Nature is wicked this time of year. Anyway, it is all new, and it's coming your way. Real-time data in 2011 
winning pay, winning ponies on fire. You definitely want to want to be a part of this. Wish you were a part of the Hollywood Pick Six, and if you were, congratulations on twelve three fifty nine thousand three sixty eight. And if you weren't happy with that, come right back the next day on twelve four. Little Pick Six for twelve thousand seven hundred seventy six dollars, even more than just a radio show. Complete data site, one stop shop www.winningponies.com. Check them out. Don't think you will be disappointed. What's happening tonight? Recap of last week. We're going to talk about some of the winners. We're going to talk about some biggins. Maybe we'll do those in reverse. Just kind of shake it up a little bit. I don't like to get stale. Special guest of the week is super hot trainer Wesley Ward. Winning 25% of the time, 55% in the money in 2010. Very nice gentleman. News from the world of racing and final furlong handicapping. That is what's on the docket tonight. Got to share something with you. Not a bitch, not a complaint. Got to throw it out there, though. Each week I look for a guest. It's kind of new, happening, upcoming. And I was going through this mega book that I have. Turf Publicist book. Now, this book is something that you're not going to just get for free or get it in night school. It's not like I have a secret book. Her publicist book, a racetrack. If, you, if you're working at the tracks and you pay attention, you actually have access to people. And you know, it's not that they're beholden to do anything for you, but I found it hard to find a guest this time of the year because I'm trying not to rehash and come up with the same guest unless we're going to do handicapping, of which I always choose my old compadre, John Englehart. But each week we've been very lucky, and Winning Ponies brings it to you. This week, Wesley Ward. This guy, I can remember riding. This is only going to show my age. Remember watching him, uh, red, hot apprentice rider. Maybe we'll be able to get him to chat about that here, but that's going to be in the second segment. Kicking it off here, let's talk about the biggins. Friday, December 3rd, there was 116 total biggins. That's where everything made a mark that day. Leading the pack was Hollywood Park, races three through eight. Yep, that's a pick six, 59,368.40. Smoking. Saturday, December 4th, 123 total biggins. Leading the rounds was Evangeline Downs. Race 9, a Superfecta, $16,020.40. Sunday, December 5th, 55 total biggins. Turf, paradise. And boy, I've heard of places nothing but beautiful. Superfecta box from race 4, 3,833.80. Monday, December 6th, 50 total biggins. Calder, race 5, Superfecta, 5,209.40 at Calder. Tuesday, December 7th, 40 total biggins. Bouncing Beulah Park race number 9, Superfecta, 3,207.40. Wednesday, December 8th, 34 total biggins. Delta, Delta Downs, race 10, Superfecta Key, 2,146.60. Thursday, December 9th, 31 total biggins. Sounds a little short because racing is far from over. It's happening as we speak. Golden Gate race 5, a super high five key, 38,000. One hundred and seventy dollars, and as I said, they've been on fires of late. On twelve three, they had a pick six at Hollywood, fifty nine thousand three sixty eight. Even if you didn't like that, come back the next day, twelve four, little pick six for twelve thousand seven seventy six. Even winning ponies in Fuego. Talk about a little recap of last week's action here, because it's it's so hard to keep track of everything. That's why we uh, we kind of toss it around here, kind of refresh your memory. Grade three, the My Charmer at Calder. $100,000 up for grabs, a mile and eighth on a turf. Ask, but I won't tell, wins by a quarter. Sean Bridge, my hand in the iron for Chris Block. 
gosh, this guy's getting good. He's not getting good. He's always been good, but he's venturing outside of Illinois. Grade three, the Tropical Turf at Calder, $100,000 up for grabs, a mile and an eighth on the weeds. Twilight Meteor is the winner by a dirty neck. Luis Saez for Marty Wilson, king of the turf in Florida. Then we go to Hollywood Park. It's a $100,000 race. The Native Diver, it's a grade three event, a mile and an eighth. Aggie Engineer wins by a length and three parts. Jojo Talamo for Patty Gallagher. The Ontario Lassie, yep, that's Woodbine, $151,000 up for grass. Her two-year-old's going a mile and a 16th in glorious. I saw this race in glorious wins impressively. Five and three-quarter lengths. Chantel Sutherland, wow, they've got a monster here. Put this one on your, uh, your gals to watch. Two-year-old runner here for Josie Carroll, very nice. Zia Park Derby, $150,000 up for grass, mile and a 16th. Winner is Stay Cheese, Eddie Martin for Matt Beeler. Very nice ride indeed. Eddie Martin can still get the job done. Doubt him not. Then in Hawthorne, we've got the Pat Whitworth debutantes for two-year-olds a mile on the 16th. We've got Sean Silverdance winning by nine and a half lengths with Tim Thornton between the ears. Aqueduct, $65,000 in the Garland of Roses. Nicole H., Ultra Dynamite here, once by two and a half lengths. Ramon Dominguez from Michael Sean, very nice indeed there. you got to love that. Then at Fairgrounds, they have $60,000 up for Grasapago. Hop Stakes, Valley with a Val, three and a quarter lengths. James Graham and Josie Carroll knows no boundaries. Then the Buddy Delberto Memorial at Fairgrounds, $58,000. Up for grabs there, a mile and sixteenth on the Turk strike again. Three parts of a length. Miguel Mena for Malcolm Pierce. Four to five wide down the lane, paying fifteen dollars. Turfway Park. They had the holiday inaugural, their biggest race of the meet. Fabio Arguello for Rusty Arnold. Up perfect for you. Lights up the board, fifty-three twenty-six wide, sweeping past them down the lane, getting ugly all the way down. Got a little bit of a tidbit here for you. Hit his horse of the year time, and it's going to be happening on January 17th, and it's going to be the ceremony is going to be taking part in California. Marty McGee is one of our guests that we've had on many times, and you're, you've always asked me probably, well, why do you have Marty McGee on? Marty's probably one of the best guys in racing as far as, uh, as, far as a rider. I've really thought the world of him. Good friend, nice guy, and, uh, and he likes to play the runners. He talked about Zenyatta and Blame, Zenyatta and Blame. He made more points for Blame. Where's his vote go? Zenyatta. And then I read right down below it. Now, this is Andy Byer, also, also one, one, of, one of the best guests we've had on. It's been a lot of fun. If there's any books you've ever read, probably Andy Byer's name was attached to it. Talked about Zenyatta stirring the passions and arguments this year that evoke memories of 89, easygoer and Sunday silence polarizing the racing community, the two cults, partisans hotly debated in their respective merits. You better believe it. He talks about everything Zenyatta has done. Racing seasons don't regularly come with such a decisive climax, but this year Zenyatta brought her 19-race winning streak into the Classic. He's talking all about her. I love it. I'm all excited by it. His owners, you know, and then he talks about the owners. He talks about the riders. Everything that Byer talked about was just like Marty McGee. His final vote, it's going to go to blame. Now, I really can't squabble with either one of these. I was there. I watched all season long. The horse of the year vote is something that 
you're going to have to actually entertain yourself with a little bit. Do some reading. Check out Equidaily. Check out the Pollock Report. Pay attention because this year is spectacular. Is it Zenyatta who is going to go for 20 for 20, a perfect career? Philly and a mare in her career taking on the boys and actually stepped out of the bounds of California, so you can't use that as an argument, and gets bested by a head, or blame who was just prime, ready, and put on his best fourth in the classic. Usually they give the nod to the classic winner, but I believe Blame ran a grand campaign, and I mean, we had Al Stahl as a guest, and what a guest he truly was. And we had on John Sheriffs as a guest, and what a guest he was. But my two cents worth here, right here, right now, and if you put the pen to my hand, what name would I write down? It would be Zenyatta. I've never seen something as beautiful, as poetic, and I don't think I'll ever see it again. I don't think none of us will ever see it again in our lifetimes. Blame, not a smudge on your record. Beautiful race. Garrett Gomez, best money rider in the country. My two cents, we are on Zenyatta. Well, it is time to head to our first break. And when we return, yep, we are going to return. We will be chatting with this week's special guest, hot-handed trainer, once upon a time, hot apprentice rider, Mr. Wesley Ward. But you're only going to grab it here on Winnie Pony. And it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. As we make our way to the halfway mark, a little horse racing parlance there for you. This is where we speak with our special guest of the week. This week, no different. Winning Ponies is honored and pleased as we have on Red Hot Trainer, a man known from Riverdowns to Royal Ascot, Mr. Wesley Ward. Wesley, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking time away from the family and, uh, and work to be with us this evening. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I, I spoke to you a little bit earlier in the week, and I know either you were in the busiest place on earth or it was a horse auction. So, uh, in fact, where do you call home about this time of year? Uh, down here in South Florida. So I, I take it you, you just get away from the snow, get away from the ugliness, and it's probably a, a really good place to uh, to kind of let your let your hair down to uh, to kind of you know prep up for the year. In in the course of a year, okay, you're in South Florida now. Where will you? Could we could we actually put a put our uh, our map together and in the, the pins on there? Where will we catch you in the course of a year if you take your operation? Well, right now I pull everything down to South Florida, and then I every afternoon I go out and I'm I'm breaking horses all afternoon down at uh, a training facility down here to where I have everything in in one spot and in one location, and then in the springtime in April I start moving everything north, uh, mainly into Keeneland. I start there, and that flows, as you know, into Churchill. But from there, I can also run at very different, various different places, uh, Woodbine, and then when Monmouth Park opens, I'll move into Monmouth and, and also into New York. Well, Monmouth, my goodness, the the purses were enough to choke a, a gigantic elephant. Uh, thank goodness for the uh, the casino appropriations there that uh, that helped things out. But either which way, it was great for the horsemen, and I'm very pleased to see that. And when you're at Keeneland, I, I'm about 90 miles north of Keeneland, so I, I catch you there. But, Wesley, I have to ask you, you hail from Washington, and you grew up the son of a trainer, Dennis Ward. Is this how your, your love of racing really actually formulated for you? Yeah, basically, um, you know, that's all I've ever known since I was a little boy is, is going to uh, Yakima Meadows all winter long, and then in the summer times we would go over to Long Acres. That was uh, Yakima Meadows. Now, now Gary Stevens was from Idaho. Did uh, I know one of the Stevens brothers was uh, did a little time in Washington I, on the Oval? Now, that sounded horrible. Did a little time, but uh, was Gary Stevens ever uh, riding in Yakima Meadows? Yeah, Gary was up in in the Northwest uh, before he he came down to Southern California, and that's where he 
he made a name for himself up there, and, and uh, he's probably the most famous guy that came out of the, the Northwest. In fact, oh, there's plenty of plenty of very competitive riders. Gary, probably one of, one of the name factors, as, as you alluded to, in racing. You're you're just not a top shelf trainer who knows how to bring a runner ready. And by the way, and we'll grab to that. Uh, it seems like the two year olds are your are your forte in my book. I, I love to play. And if you say no, I'll just keep on playing the two year olds because I love to see that happening. But you're also an Eclipse Award winning apprentice in 1984. I saw you in the saddle. And you were very talented. Uh, what shortened up your career? Uh, well, I found it hard to stay away from the dinner table, so <laughs> I went from a small to an extra large. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we have something in common there. And, and Can you remember the first uh, winner that you rode? Uh, yeah, Irish Liberal at, uh, on the recognized racetracks. That was in, in Aqueduct. I, I rode for Bill Boland, a former jockey that won the Kentucky Derby. I wow, <laughs> that 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 is a memorable one. Who was the best horse you ever rode? I'd have to say Ferdinand. He went on to win the Derby, and uh, I broke his maiden for Charlie out there. You know, I, I read a number of horses that you. And as I said, I I remember playing playing you, and uh, you were very aggressive in the saddle, uh, uh, very very set low, and and you could you could really really just get the most out of it. I really kind of thought that I found the the hidden pearl. Yeah, and then poof, and it was just a few years later, and you were gone there. But something that caught my eye, and I really thought was super, it it it, it alludes to other riders, especially young riders, and you've been a mentor to so many. Yeah, I like to give back if I can. You know, um, the game has given me so much, so that if, if I can help a young rider out to to get started in the business and. and to where that he can make a name for himself and, and, and money in this game, and I try to do that. Christian Santiago Reyes, one of the uh, one of the many, and who I believe is on the California circuit right now. Yeah, he's he's a nice young guy, and he he came to me from Puerto Rico. Uh, his brother was before him, Victor, mm-hmm. and also and also had we uh, had Ariel Smith there several years before that. He went on to win the Eclipse Award also, so. You know, whatever I can do for the game to, to give back, I try to because it's been so good to me. Well, I, I think that when a when a true professional actually imparts their wisdom and, and takes the time, I think it only uh, for a young man or woman to actually have uh, two ears and zero mouth and, and to listen up and pay heed, that's always the best part of the game. And, and thanks uh, thanks to many people like yourself that actually take the time and, and pass it on. It, it makes the transition not so much easier, but it actually helps them acclimate into the uh, the world of racing. Wesley, you stunned the, stunned the world of racing. You knocked them on their socks. The British racing world, especially at Royal Ascot, when you etched your name to have American-trained runners win at this exclusive meet, uh, how do you rate this as one of your lifetime achievements? Well, it ranks right up there, that's for sure. It's something I thought I could do. Um, you know, I, I started training in Southern California in 1990 and sort of found a niche there to where I could beat some of the better trainers and better horses with sort of a lower-end type horse. And as soon as the, the bigger horses caught up to mine, then they were, they were just faster. But I, always, I found that early in the year, if your horses were well-prepared and seasoned, that you could beat a better horse. And I've always had it in my mind that, that I could go over to England just 
for the same principles as that. I, I didn't think that they would have their horses quite as ready as mine or quite as well seasoned as mine. And fortunately, everything, you know, went my way when I got there. As to that, uh, the the ground was was perfect. It was it was hard and firm. Uh, the horses shipped well and traveled well, with the exception of one. And I brought I came over with numbers. I came over with five two year olds and one older horse. So you know, I just got really lucky. <laughs> I, I say the harder you work, the luckier you get. That, that's always been one of the great adages I, I've always carried with me in my back pocket. And I, as as we were chatting off air, you know, I, I explained to you that I work at River Downs, and I and I was uh, I work with a gentleman who actually shot some wonderful shots of your runners, and you prepped at River Downs. Well, I'll tell you, Keenan, uh, you know, they were racing at Churchill, and Ch- Churchill has a policy that only stakes horses can can work on their grass course. Um, so I had asked Keeneland to do me a favor, which they did, and they let me on the on their turf course even after the meet was closed. And I just really didn't want to ask him again, and I really wanted to get two works in on my two-year-old. So even though I hadn't raced that much at River Downs, I called, and I figured it was worth asking. And they were gracious enough to let me on the grass, especially for, for someone that doesn't really run there that much. And, you know, just everything worked out just perfect. They let me go on the grass, of uh, course, and they, they let me do it between races, which sort of, sort of was sort of simulating a race. And I worked, uh, worked the horses in company, so they really got a lot out of it. And they, you know, it, it really helped me to where that when I went to England, I really didn't have to do that much. The horses were so prepped and and ready off of everything that I've done that all I had to do was basically just give them a nice, easy blowout and run. And like I said earlier, it was just fortunate that, that the ground was, was hard and firm, which is something that that the English really don't take kindly to. They, a lot of times they'll flood the course because they, they like a, a softer ground for their horses just because they think that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a little tough on them to run on a firm ground, which our horses are accustomed to. And also the advantage is speed. Horse, you know, when it's hard and firm, it gives an advantage to, to horses that are faster, whereas it's harder for the horses to come from behind and catch them. So everything really worked out for me. I would say I, I remember as just like yesterday when it actually uh, when when your horses were there and and uh, you know it, it was quite a buzz in our area. Once upon a time, uh, it was there was a, a hundred thousand dollar race, the Budweiser. We're going to say turf uh, turf bonanza. There, I, I, the exact name of the race uh, escapes me right now. But it, a number of years ago, Pinkai came in town, so you know I'm going back a bit. And he said actually it was one of the better and safer turf courses that he that he actually rode on. Yeah, I tell you, you know, if anybody goes to the to the races there at River Downs, when you go there, you almost feel like you're. You know, a place like Belmont or somewhere—it's just a beautiful track. And you know what's what's hopefully going to be exciting is if they do get the slots and they do get the purses up there. I think racing at River Downs is going to be tremendous. You know, they have a beautiful grass course, and it's a beautiful facility in, in general. I think that uh, hopefully it'll it'll come back to what it once was or what it possibly could be. You can keep this in your top pocket. It's it's public public knowledge well out there for top pocket for planning. Track has been sold to Pinnacle and casinos or Russinos are on the way, I'd say within a year or so. You never know. We might see a little bit of Wesley Ward in the southern Ohio area. Wesley, every trainer has a special magic. And you seem to excel with getting the babies two year olds winning. Do you have any secret mojo or edge to this? 
Uh, I really don't. You know, it's just that um, they're very, very well schooled and very well educated. You know, I'm every day. I, I don't finish till six o'clock at night. I'm out here training these things. Um, you know, I, and I'd, I'd actually prefer to be there than even at the races here in in South Florida in the, in the winter time. And a lot of times I'll just have the assistants I have saddle the horses just so I can watch over and monitor everything that's going on with them. And, you know, the advantage I have is the time that is invested in these things and, and myself being on top of each and every one. I break them myself. I'm the first ones on their back every year for the first couple of weeks. And then I pass them over to my riders who are going in sets and companies with me all, all day long. So it's just, it's just something that I've found that when they start the two-year-old racing, I have an advantage. And any time you have an advantage, especially in horse racing, you know, it's something that you really don't have that often. So with this, by me putting the time in, it really, year after year after year, I get rewarded. So that's just something that, you know, the hard work and, and the time that I put involved in, in these two-year-olds, it really comes, you know, I really get rewarded in the springtime. Agreed completely, and year 2010 has been very good to you. Roughly, it could be a point higher and or lower, doesn't matter. Roughly 25% in the win column, 55% in the money. Incredible numbers. Anything above 20% for any trainer or rider is exclusively looked at as, hey, this guy's really, or gal, is really playing their trade well. But 25%, especially at the caliber of competition that you face at all times, that's that is just incredible, and and all all, all top level conditioners. You you said you know you pass on to your assistants. They have some very solid assistants, grooms, and and you're at pretty much the exercise person. Do you credit your barn success to teaming up with the right people? Yeah, I mean everybody that works for me has worked for me for a long time. Um, the majority of the help that I have is all Spanish, um, and they're they're very loyal people. They've been they stick with you through thick and thin. And, you know, they, they put the same hours in that I do all day long, every day. You know, the crew will come with me from, from Gulfstream on to uh, the training centers that I'm at all through the day. And, and they really, they work very hard. Do you find it tough balancing uh, work and family life? Yeah, it's, it is very tough. It's easier in the wintertime because I'm home, uh, you know, every night. But in the... Uh, in the springtime, it's when, you know, the, the stable moves north with the higher purses and the better horses um, to stay year-round here in, some, in South Florida. The purses just aren't there to, to warrant all the horses that I have. And when you venture up north, that's when you get rewarded with the bigger pots, you know, and you break your maiden, just breaking a maiden with a horse in, in Woodbine, and you get $40,000 back. And a great many of these horses I own all or parts of, so... You know, that's when I see all the money coming back is in the springtime. Um, you know, as opposed to if you break your maiden in South Florida here with the same horse, then you're you're getting less than half of what you get up north. So it's just to where I spend, I'll be on a plane a lot. Every week I'm flying up north and then back down to South Florida, you know, once a week. That is incredible. You're racking up some frequent flyer miles indeed, and, and we always see you... Uh, uh, on the on the pages of the form and, and all data out there that uh, you always have horses in a lot of the uh, major uh, major events and first Saturday in May I think it's in the springtime it's in the, the later part of the springtime are there any two year olds in the in the Wesley Ward barn with a little bit of good luck from the racing gods that we could be looking for? Um, well, I tell you, we almost got there last year with a horse named Pleasant French. You know, he was. Uh, mm-hmm. 
he was a big sort of rangy colt where I didn't start him early. I started him. I got a, a race into him at Saratoga and then in the fall at Keeneland. And then he really started to come around this time last year where he broke his maiden at, at Churchill in the fall. And then he went on to just bare, barely beating the nose in the, in the Florida Derby. And, you know, that nose really made it. It, was, it wasn't just a nose. It was a whisker and it was a head bob. <laughs> You know, it, it could, could have been a big difference, you know, if given the time from, from then to get him into the Derby. But we had to run him in several different preps to try to get enough money to get in there. And, and unfortunately, it just didn't didn't pay off. But um, this year, you never know. You know, a lot of two-year-olds are, are, you know, they're rapidly improving, you know, week by week, day by day. So we'll see what happens. But at, as of this point right now, it looks like I just have basically a lot of sprinters in the barn. And the horses that do want to go a little route, they don't seem to be as talented as the one I just told you about. So, But like I say, you never know. Hopefully something comes around. Our fingers are crossed, and we definitely know uh, that you'll, uh, you'll be giving it all. Wesley, you, you've been on both sides of the ocean, and you've, you've won on both sides of the ocean. If I'm asking a professional trainer, can American racing take a cue from anything that the Europeans are doing, such as training, medication, or even surfaces for that matter? Um, I'll tell you, uh, the fan base that they have over there has sort of been instilled for generations, and you can really feel that when you're over there, you know. And it, it, it would be good for, for every trainer to experience what I did, just even going to, to see the, the fans that they have come to the races, and they're so knowledgeable. Um, I don't know. It just it's, It seems like we're, and I'm sad to say, that in sort of a dying sport here, um, unless something changes soon it uh, it doesn't look good for for racing compared to uh, racing abroad those sentiments are echoed from the the top level to the bottom and uh, in in the word soon right now immediately are always popping up and I, I I didn't know even the medication issue from the United States to to the European. And a lot of people are, are now starting to take a lot of uh, notice of this. That uh, it's an it's 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 not even an issue in Europe because it's actually a non-issue. But in the United States, medication in, in your in your perspective, are, are we behind the scene? Do we need to to follow their their example? Well, we basically have. Um, you know, everything is 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 pretty well governed here now. Um, I don't think the medication is so much of an issue anymore as far as why the sport isn't growing. You know, we're just losing a lot of fans. You know, whatever we can do, I think, to get a, uh, a better fan base back. You know, I recently read in the in the Blood Horse that uh, they're having a hard time putting that HD on, which they haven't instilled at Keeneland and some of the Churchill tracks, and Churchill's actually thinking about cutting it back because of the equipment is so expensive. But... You know, when you watch uh, Monday Night Football game in HD television, it just makes a world of difference. And I think that's one thing that, at least when people are, you know, that are, are sort of getting uh, introduced to racing and you have something like the, the technology they have in that, I think that would really help. You know, if you could really see it as close as HD, it really makes a difference. You know, in watching the races at Keeneland and then just watching just a, another monitor of another racetrack that, that's being simulcast in. It makes a world of difference. Anything they can do that way to, to, to introduce new fans to the sport, I think that they really need to go on a limb and do, no matter, regardless of the expense. 
I agree. I I don't think there's a, a better time than now and a better place than here to begin because in 10 years we might look back and say, well, we should have and we could have. Technology is out there, and we better make uh, hay while the sun is shining. Wesley, I have five final questions for you. You've been kind enough to stay with us for so long. These five questions, just like Jeopardy, without the heap loads of money and, and such, just a little bit of fun, but you got to pop in with the first thing that jumps into your head. There's no right or wrong answers. Are you ready? Ready. All right, question number one. How many times did it take you to break your maiden as a rider? Four. Four. Not bad. That's pretty daggone good. Riding in California, Illinois, New York, that I remember in the United States, especially New York, Italy, Singapore, Malaysia, where was your favorite oval to actually ride? Um, I'd have to say that uh, favorite place I rode was probably Saratoga. Saratoga. I, I would. I was going to say, did you ever venture to Keeneland? Or, but you know what? It's a boutique meet, and I've never been to Saratoga, but it's on my bucket list. I asked you, uh, and for question number three, I asked you this a little bit earlier about is it a tough balance between work and family? And you kind of touched on that. And uh, you know, so I'm going to scrap question number three because you did answer that, and you you are spending time in uh, South Florida as as a family man. But hey, work does take us away. Question four. 25% a winner in 2010, 55% in the money. Are you very pleased with your success? Yes, I am. You know, I'm very I'm happy with it. I think the horses are running well, and I'm very happy with everything that's going on. And the fans, trust me, are very happy to watch you bring one to the paddock. Final question, number five. Saddling at Ascot, was it tougher shipping, or was it tougher wearing the hat, coat, and tails to the races? Well, the hat... Coat and tails. The only one that liked that was my little boy. <laughs> well, you, you were you were dapper, and I'm sure he was as well. And uh, you know, I, I saw the pictures, and uh, it looks like it's uh, it's the the wear of the day. There's not uh, not too many people you're going to catch wearing jeans and a t-shirt as you would at the American Ovals, right? That's right. Ascot is a beautiful place. Wesley, thank you so much for your time. On behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for taking time with us this evening. We wish you and yours continued success on and off of the racetrack. And, sir, thanks for all of your time. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Wesley. Wesley Ward, trainer, Eclipse Award apprentice rider, and a man that has a hot hand with two-year-olds. Mark my word. Even if he does say no, I'm still betting him. Well, it's time to head into a break. When we return, we're going to talk a little bit of news and a little bit of final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Hope you caught up with Wesley Ward. That was a whole lot of fun. Enjoy chatting with him. I had the luxury of uh, chatting with him a few times during the week, securing him down, because when you're a man in racing, things move. They're just not waiting and ready. They have to uh, adjust their schedule, and he said as long as nothing's going on in the barn, he'll be there. And, in fact, he was. I spoke to him a few hours prior. What a guy. Hope you caught it. If not, you can jump on podcast, and you can catch that. Looking at news around the nation, I like to look at a few stories, kind of catch my eye. And Jeremy Plunk, this guy is really good. Special to ESPN.com. It was written December 9th. And I really, this one kind of made me stand up and, or really take and pay heed. It's called Listen and Love It, and I'll kind of encapsulate it here. Jeremy Plunk, uh, once again, to ESPN.com, it said, Turn out the lights. The party's over this week. We lost an iconic sports voice when Dandy Don Meredith passed away. He made the Willie Nelson song lyrics infinitely more famous on Monday Night Football. He's right. It was a whole lot of fun. He said, We have our share from baseball's Jack Buck. I can't believe what I just saw after Kirk Gibson's 88 World Series home run. To horse racing's Tom Durkin, a Rosie runs right by him in the 91 Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Some moments are simply just too good to ever forget. He said announcers capture the moment when they merely are doing what they're supposed to do. They cement a moment forever when they're at their absolute best. A big-time announcer lends big-time atmosphere to a horse race as well as any other sporting event. 
He talked about Zenyatta's appearance on 60 Minutes, some friends he chatted with. And someone actually brought it up to him and said, he's kind of a horse racing novice, and said, I only know three horses. And he proudly rounded off Secretariat, Smarty Jones, and that damn Birdstone. And he asked Birdstone as to why. And the gentleman said, I'll never forget the Belmont with Smarty Jones, he said. We had a watch party here with the girls, and the first time we watched a horse race on TV, really. I will never forget the announcer's voice as he said, and Birdstone wins the Belmont Stakes as if he was completely disgusted and deflated. That announcer, of course, is the great Tom Durkin, who captured the moment and cemented in history for horse racing fans. You know, I went back, and if you actually take a look on Equidaily.com, this is the easiest way to find it. Equidaily.com, ESPN Horse Racing, Jeremy Plonk. I went back, and it was on YouTube. And my dad would be the first one to correct me. I'm never one to actually point out, well, I loaded the house. I did load the house on Smarty Jones. I loaded the house. Seldomly will you hear me say that. Pick threes, pick fours, doubles, every which way but loose. And when I watched the race again, it brought back memories, not of my losing day, but I actually listened with an objective ear, and I heard Durkin, who I absolutely love. I, I, I could just listen to Durkin forever in a day, but he was right. Jeremy Plunk had kissed it right on the head, that he seemed in it for history, and he seemed like he had made the bet of a lifetime on this runner. Now, I did. Smarty may have floated out in the, as they call it, Big Sandy's turns, where they just get lost, and maybe Stuart Elliott just came up a little short, maybe got tired, his undefeated career on the line. The thing that caught my ear was Tom Durkin, and Jeremy Plonk was right. He did stamp this one, and it did have kind of a, a saddened tone to it. But a happy tone. we got a gentleman online. Caller online. This is a good guy. And I want you to get your pen out because his selections are worth writing down. Allow me to introduce the Cincinnati Kid. Kid, are you there? Eddie, what's good, bruh? <laughs> yeah, the good thing is on the other end of this line, and it's you, kid. Will you uh, I hope I can dole out some winners for you. Hey, first off, I- I'm going to give you a warning. Mm-hmm. The Beulah contest is on the 18th. I need every bit of mojo. I'm publicly calling you out. <laughs> I need every bit of mojo. You know the rules, and you know what's at stake. And uh, Winning Ponies, they graciously sent me down to Keeneland, where I did battle like a yeoman. And then, oh, in the 25 and 50 to 1, hey, me and the rest of the crowd fell apart a bit, but what a fun it was. But, hey, Beulah Park, I need some help, and I'm calling the kid, and I'm letting it be known I am calling the Cincinnati kid. Oh, don't worry. I got you. I got you. There's one thing I know. (laughs) It's Beulah Racing. You always do, my friend. Kid, do you have some winners for us? Uh, Yeah, I think I do. I'm going to start Friday. I only have two for you this week. Okay. And the first one's a little chalky. It's in the fourth race. It's a state-bred allowance optional claimer. I went with the sixth turnpike mic here. Luis Martinez Jr. aboard for Joe Poole. This one has done nothing wrong in its last couple, including a nice win in this same level last out, winning by a good half length. I think he can come back and do the same thing. Track will be fast, which should be to his liking. I think he likes a fast track a little more than he likes a muddy track. And he really loves the Beulah Oval. Seven in the money finishes from ten outings. Let's look for Turnpike Mike to get the job done. Is this Ron McKay's horse? Yes, sir. 
Oh, I love McKay. He's a man among men. He's, he's the happiest guy at the track, and, oh, I'd love to see that happen. My dad, it, it, and please excuse me, did you say Mike Nance's training? No, uh, Joe Poole. Joe Poole, okay. Joey Poole. Uh, I, I think he's in good hands there. And uh, Okay, so I've got that one down because I'll be rooting for McKay in many, many ways. And uh, Okay, that's one from the kid. All right, now I'm turning to Saturday. Okay. And Saturday's fifth race, this is an open $4,000 claimer. I took the two Rahu here. Edgar Palkar gets the mount for owner-trainer Gary Patrick. This one shipped in the Beulah back at the beginning of November and has reeled off two wins from three starts. And I think he got caught up in the track bias in his one loss. So I'm hoping that he overcomes that. Well, wasn't really that bad of an effort. He finished second, beaten by three and a half, and then came back and won again. So I'm hoping he can string together another victory here. He might get bet down. He's currently 5-1 to one in the morning line, but I think he can get the job done, and I'm hoping he sticks near this price. I hope so, too, kid. And uh, when you talked about that, uh, because Winning Ponies does a lot of their, their data on the Ohio circuit, and they cover so many circuits. When you talked about bias, okay, if it's, if it's a fast track, what can we expect to be old for the most part? Uh, if it's a fast track, especially with no rain, you can expect the rail to be dead. I mean, really dead. You'll see horses coming from out of it a lot of the time. Most of the time they're finishing three, four, five wide down the stretch because the rail just doesn't seem to be that good. Now, as it gets wetter, it sometimes holds speed a little better. The inside gets a little bit better. It also depends, too, on the air temperature, because the colder it gets at times, the faster the track gets, because it gets rock hard. And that leads to a lot of gate to wire winds as well. So you need to keep an eye on the weather, see how it's been up there the last week or so, see what the precip's like and all that, and just kind of watch a race or two to see how they're going. Because most of the time, the bias will set up pretty early. And if you can get on it before everybody else can, you can make a nice killing. How long did you handicap races for Beulah Park? Uh, four years. Uh, you miss it? Uh, just a little bit. But <laughs> I, still try, I still try to keep sharp handicapping River, Beulah, a little bit of Thistle, Mountaineer, Turfway, just to keep the brain sharp. <laughs> the brain is about as sharp as they come. I'd like for you to start watching uh, Turfway for me and let me know with an email or, or give me a jingle. It looks like you're wanting to stay off of the rail and you're wanting to float about three wide in the second path. I'm, as I'm watching race eight now, and they're, they're coming across three wide, and there's horses coming up the rail, and there's one about four wide. So actually they're five abreast right now with a horse in uh, fifth and sixth. It's anybody's horse race at this point. But I want an objective point from you. Do you think the outside and the closers are doing well? But on the poly, I think middle track horses are doing better. The rail doesn't seem to be the place to be at Turfway. And sometimes it's the wider the better. But I haven't seen much racing since the meet started up, so I can't give you a real solid opinion on it at the moment. You know what? I care not. The only thing that I have, well, that sounds demanding, but you know what? The only thing I want from my good friend is winner. The 18th, <laughs> the 18th and a bunch of Beulah winners. <laughs> Kid, it's great hearing from you. Tell Granny everybody said hello and best to you, my friend. All righty, sir. Thanks a lot, Kid. All right. Cincinnati Kid, hope you wrote them down because they're always worth a bet. All right, let's do a little bit of handicapping here. we got about, oh, about four and a half, five minutes here. Let's go to Saturday, race number one at Aqueduct. I like the three-missile motor, 5-1 to Jimmy Rodriguez. This guy's pretty good. He's a seven-pound bug. First after a claim, yep, that is Neil Terrasano. 
he wins a sweet 17% and was just beating a nose that day. In the first race, I'll take the three, Missile Motor at Aqueduct. Uh, that, that's the, one of my favorite tracks to actually watch. Race number two at, at Aqueduct, you're going to find me quite a bit at the Big A. You would think that I was uh, from New York as much as I, I really, really like it. And I go to number seven, and that would be Racing Jason, my dad's favorite rider, C.C. Lopez for Dominic Galuccio and made a nice bumped at start bid last time out. We're getting blinkers on. First-time blinkers yields 38% in the money on uh, for this barn here, and uh, C.C. Lopez winning at a crisp 40%. That's a seven in the second race at Aqueduct, racing Jason. On to race number five. I'm going to skip a few here. You know, I, I don't like to play every single race uh, if, if, you can, uh, if you can actually help it, and my bankroll tells me, hey, hey, Get a hold of yourself here, young man. Get a hold of yourself in the fifth race at Aqueduct. This one kind of caught my eye, and I think it's worth a nice little play, and that is the five rift. Six to five, and you know what? Made a middle move last time out, and I know six to five isn't really a, isn't really a big-time uh, big bonanza. This is where you really depend on winning ponies to string together a multi-race effort here. But the last two efforts out were just beautiful. Dick Dutra, Ramon Dominguez are winning 17%, 50% in the money. Very nice. Uh, the last two workouts have just been spectacular here. I think Rift takes it down in the fifth race at the Big A on Saturday. Race number six, for me, it was really a no contester here. And, uh, and I know that sounds kind of crazy, especially when you're, when you're running at this level of 7,500. But I like the seven. And the seven is hitting the note. Three to one, Eddie Castro for Bruce Brown. One for three at Aqueduct in the money. I love fresh off a claim, dropping down two classes. This is what caught my eye. 28%. 28% a winner for Bruce Brown. And Eddie Castro is a very nice rider. On to race number seven. And in this heat here, I like the deuce. That is over-communication. In the seventh race, over-communication, uh, you know, caught my eye here. Seven to two, Johnny Velasquez. And uh, you, you don't see, uh, see him dropping out of the grade three discovery handicap. Todd Pletcher, one for one over the inner track at Aqueduct. It's a $235,000 uh, Keeneland sales purchase. Three-year-old, gal, or three-year-old cult by Unbridled Song. Johnny Velasquez is seven to two. Get it? Bet early and bet often. And on Saturday, you're going to see some bankroll out of me, and we're going to go to the sixth race. It's Louisiana Championship Day on this, and we're going to go to race number six, and I like the four, six to five, Superior Storm, Robbie Alvarado, and this is a horse for a course, a mare for the course, four for four in the money, three of which are wins. One is a second Superior Storm in race number six at the fairgrounds and then we turn on to race number seven at the fairgrounds and i like the three in here take me home to five to two joel campbell for brett calhoun who's winning 38 percent of the time now if you go back and take a look at this two-year-old filly she really wasn't purchased for much five thousand dollar out of the texas sales this is a louisiana bread day and been all since july 31st i see some really good workouts off of the shelf, winning last start, Brett Calhoun wins 26% of the time. So it's take me home, too, in the 7th at Fairgrounds on Saturday. Then onward to race number 9, it is the $150,000 Ladies Classic. I like a 6-5 to five in here, and, and, and it's, I need not to say much about it. 
It is the one star guitar. This was a, a guess we had. Albert Stahl, six to five star guitar, eight starts at the fairgrounds, six of which are winners. So tune it up. Star guitar in the ninth race at fairgrounds. Race number 10 is a $100,000 effort. The Louisiana Juvenile, and that's pretty good shooting there. And I like the 11. Go all the way out to 11. Tonto, two. And the reason I like Tonto, two, eight to one, really is sweet. But I saw this gelding win at Keeneland on the poly track, and now heading down against Louisiana Breds, James Graham stays aboard for Jeffrey Thornberry, who is a very, very fine horseman. So there you have it, my friends. There's some, there's some winners for you, and there is some action. Well, time flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing, and this week was no different. Winning Ponies would like to thank Mr. Wesley Ward for tuning in, joining us, and taking time out of his schedule. The Cincinnati Kid for imparting wisdom and two winners, and hopefully some Buell winners for me in a couple or next week, I should say, and definitely you for tuning in. So until next week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.